everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How are you doing, James? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Good. All right. You want to go over any trades you had uh, closing or opening last week? Yeah, I don't think I had any closers this past week. That was um, the week before with all the monthlies expiring. So I think it was going to be all opening trades for me. Um, Let's see here. So on the 20th. Oh, yeah. I remember I went out. I think I got some extra extra trades on for October on some of the stuff that got beat down on the put side. Um, Since that worked out so well for me in September, I was like, I'm going to do the same thing. Anything that made a big move against me for the September monthlies, um, I'm just going to go play that side of the market and get an extra trade on. So um, let's see here on October's. Yeah, those are all my October entries. So it looks like I sold, let's see, a put spread on DIA. So that one was for October monthlies, um, just because there was a bigger move to the downside there. Um, the Qs, let me see what this is. Yeah, that's puts as well, just because the markets uh, reacted the way they did. Um I wanted to play those indexes on the put side and then also FXI. So that's the China large cap. Um, I sold a put there. It's 36 and a half. They just continue to get beat down, but I'm going to keep playing that uh, put side of the market there. And then EWZ, um, that's the Brazil one. I went out and sold an extra put for the Octobers. Um, That's the 30 put. And then let's see here. Looks like spy as well. I went, oh, I know what this was. Yeah, I was putting on some extra trades and also uh, playing some stuff that didn't even uh, give me a loss in September just because the market made such a big move down. I was looking at some of these like the Qs and DIA and spy and I'm like, what was I doing there? But yeah, the markets moved down so much recently and I have calls, a bunch of calls on these uh, tickers for October. And they're like super low risk now, like the market moves so far to the downside that the chances that they get those calls get tested anymore. um, It's very low chance there that I'm any of those are going to go on the money on me. So what I did is I sold put spreads on uh, DIA, the Qs and spy, and I turned them into iron condors, but I still kept. Uh, kept the 30 delta on the short put. So I just pretty much was like, man, the market's moved so far down. Uh, I see them recovering and starting to consolidate and probably rip pretty soon. So I'm going to go to the put side, turn these things into iron condors and grab more credit. Um, so that's what those were. And then FXI and EWZ, those were just extra trades for the October monthlies. And then, uh, Gold, again, it's starting to sell off again, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to continue to play the put side of gold. So I sold a 28 put on GDX, um, and then 
what else do I have here? So I guess on Monday is when I went long NASDAQ futures as well, because I, I told myself if that thing dipped under 15,000, I was going to go long and it touched. It looks like I bought in at 14,988. So um, that thing's up like over 300 points since then. So that looks like a pretty good entry. And then uh, looks like I did it on the Russell 2000 as well iwm i went down and sold a put spread for october so i turned that position into an iron condor because they got beat down pretty good too uh when the other three indexes sold off so kind of got those extra trades on for october and then i resumed my november uh lining up my november positions so i sold a put on eem i think that's emerging markets etf and then i did the put side on EWZ and FXI, but for November, um, I kind of like the idea of continuing to play the puts there because those things have been beat down so badly. And then also looks like I played GDX for November as well. So yeah, I had quite a few uh, opening trades there. I had a lot of extra trades in there as well that I normally don't don't have. Nice. Uh, yeah, I did quite a bit of trading this week. I got uh gm that's the first one i closed i closed that out on monday i didn't like the way they were acting how the market was kind of rebounding i had a call spread on them and i was up uh 65 on it so i just closed it out uh and i'm glad i did i would have went max loss had i just held the uh held it to expiration which was on friday um what else did i do oh i sold a slightly in the money uh, put spread on PLTR and that one's looking great. Uh, I believe I'm up 68%. Um, EPD that closed out on Friday, max profit. I uh, actually went long shares of uh, Lumen. I already had a put spread on them and then I just saw them blasting. I, I predict that they're going to you know keep on making a move higher. So I went long shares on them as well. I closed out of my EWZ uh, shares for a slight profit because I uh, I had all most all of my capital tied up into trades right now, and they weren't making uh, really big moves. So I was like, yeah, I'll take the you know couple bucks I made off of the shares and put it into something else, which was uh, your favorite space. I went long shares of them because uh, they just man they are consolidating like crazy right now. It looked like they're about time to blast off again. And, oh, this little penny stock. I had a couple bucks, literally a couple bucks of uh, left for trading in my account. So I pulled up one of my scanners uh, for unusual volume. And I went long shares of CEI. And right after I bought them, they started blasting off. I'm up uh, almost 8% on that in one day. So, you know, it's just, it's a penny stock. So it's, you know, not a lot of profit, but still cool. And that was all I had going on last week. Nice. Yeah, I just pulled up space really quick because, yeah, we were talking about that. That thing has just been sideways, um, I don't know, for maybe a month or more pretty much. And it's just really struggling. The sellers are really struggling to get it below about 24 bucks. And, man, I was looking at it. And the IV percentile right now is only four. I don't know if I've ever seen them that low. That's like super low. Usually they're 
you know, all over the place. And it's like, man, they're like in that consolidation phase so much that um, options are like probably pretty cheap on them right now too. Like if you wanted to buy a call or something, but yeah, looking at the TTM squeeze too on the histogram, I mean, it goes all the way back to like, let me see if I can pull up uh, the date here. Yeah, all the way back to July 14th when they dipped below the nasty candle there and they dipped below the zero line on the daily chart and they have been below the zero line on the TTM. Uh, I mean, it's been more than two months. So yeah, this beat down has been like ridiculous and <laughs> going on for so long that yeah, it looks like they're ready to pump hard. They kind of had a uh, little bit of a pullback on Friday after they had a few nice candles to get above the 21. But yeah, I have a feeling like a good news story is going to come out or something and these guys are going to go to the moon and like retest 60 or something crazy. Yeah, look at that insanely low volume last week. Like you can barely see the volume candles. Yeah, they kind of disappear. That's a good point too. So yeah, it just seems like that selling pressure is really starting to slow down and uh, this thing's going to probably go to the moon. Like FAA comes out or something and they're like, you know, not harassing them anymore about that flight deviation or something. It's going to come out and like this thing is going to skyrocket. Yeah, that'd be nice if they came out with, you know, whatever their investigation was and said, oh yeah, it's, you know, no big deal. Because then you'd see people jump back in. I guarantee the uh, short interest on this thing is through the roof right now, too. Yeah, I haven't even looked at it lately, but that is a good... I want to look that up really quick just to see if I can find it. Because, yeah, this thing's been going super sideways right now. Uh, let me see here if I can pull it up. I don't know. All these websites, I always look at the short interest ratio. They always say, like, different things. So I kind of wonder which one's telling the truth. Yeah, it's weird. I know, I think legally they have to disclose like twice a month, like on the 15th and the 30th or something like that. But, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, you go to any different website and it's all different. So it <laughs> feels like they're just all guessing or estimating or something. Yeah, and like you're saying, it probably doesn't help that they're only reporting like twice a month or something. So you can't really get probably the most accurate uh, data. See one website here is talking about maybe almost 7% or something, but that's not very much. Yeah, it's pretty low. Maybe the uh, big boys decided to stop playing space. Yeah, even if, if that's even accurate, man. Let me see what uh, Market Beat says here, because I know I check these guys sometimes too, because they I think they disclose that... Uh, short interest oh so actually as of august 31st which geez that's a month it's like almost a month ago now uh, at that point it was 13 percent. so yeah and the price was around 27 dollars at that point so yeah i wonder if it's like a little bit higher right now as the price has continued to die off a little bit but yeah i think they're primed to uh skyrocket here any day now yeah come on richard branson release something <laughs> exactly all right uh the topic we wanted to go over today is we wanted to continue our options greek uh last week we did delta and today we're going to do uh theta and um so theta is basically the 
options, uh, pricing, what the contract's going to react to just in time. So I'm at, I'm on space right now. I'm actually going to pull up the option chain. Uh, so I'm going to go to, say, the October monthlies, and I've got my uh, Delta, Gamma, Theta, and Vega, just all the main Greeks pulled up. So if you go to the Theta side, then you'll see the further in the money you go, Theta's you know, non-existent because you're not paying for any sort of extrinsic value, implied volatility. Those options are basically what the uh, share price is actually worth. So the further out of the money you go, you'll see that the theta starts to pick up. And like if you go to the at the money uh, calls, you'll see that theta is $4 or $0.04. Cents. So it's the theta is telling you how much every day that contract, if the price just stays the same, how much that contract is going to lose value. So that's why as a seller of options, you always have the upper hand because the further or the closer to expiration it gets, that theta starts picking up. So if you're a seller of an option, the price of that uh, underlying, say, you know, space just stays right where it's at. It doesn't matter. You're still making four cents every single day. And then, you know, closer to expiration. Actually, I'm going to pull up the weekly for next week and see what the theta is. So that same option is seven cents. So now, that option, if space just continues to go sideways, is losing seven dollars of or a seven cents of value every day for you just holding on to it. Yeah, theta is the main reason why I make money trading options because most of my trades I sell and I sell out of the money. Um, so you can see, like you're saying, um, you know, you kind of look at in the money stuff versus out of the money stuff. And you if you really go just out of money or at the money, those options there, like the 25 call, the 26 call. Um, also on the put side, if you look over there at those same strikes, like at the money or just barely in the money or just out of the money, those typically have the highest theta. So they'll have that, uh, you know, highest uh, time decay. And yeah, as an option seller, that really works in your favor, um, especially if you are trading uh, in short term. Like if you sell options in short term that like expire like a week out, and um, if you you know want to take the risk of selling that twenty six call, and you just think space is going to keep consolidating and going straight sideways, um, you're going to be making like you say seven bucks a day. All other things staying the same. Um, just due to time and uh, yeah think about it like that time decay um, you know it's just in the shorter term it's a lot greater because you know there's not a lot of time left uh, let's just go out to like let's say the 30 call which is a little further away from the money um, you know on the weeklies expiring October 1st that thing's only losing two dollars or two cents in value per day um, it's pretty far out of the money and, you know, it's not worth that much right now. I see a bid ask or a bid of four cents and an ask of five cents. But, um, you know, if you don't have a lot of time, the option's not going to be worth as much. Uh, you know, if it's further out of the money, you can see the decay is going to be a lot less. But if you go like super far out, if I go to like um, January 2023, like way far out, you look at that same 
call or well they don't even have the 26 strike on that chain but you look at the 27 it's still out of the money but since you have years until expiration pretty much that thing is going for almost eight hundred dollars because you have so much more time like anything could happen with space like in two years or in a year and a half um you know space could be trading at like a hundred bucks a share like who knows so the more you know uh time value you have in there um you know the more expensive the option is going to be and you look at that option you know going out uh a year and a half to expiration that thing's decaying at 11 cents a day if space just kind of trades flat and doesn't do anything so you can see you know further out in expiration that theta decay um you know can be a lot greater for a higher priced option like that because you have all that time but as you come closer to expiration um you know you have less time for the stock to make a big move in your favor so you know, even like that 30 call for the weekly October 1st, I mean, that thing's decaying two cents and the option is almost already worthless. It's probably worth four or five cents and, you know, come market open uh, tomorrow, it's going to be probably worth two cents less if space doesn't make some kind of crazy pre-market move and start to cook. Um, you know, that theta is really going to work for you um, as a seller of options. Uh, the closer you get to expiration. Yeah, I was just looking at that 30 call that expires on the first. And that's why, you know, you got to, as an option trader, just learn the basics about the Greeks because you could be like, well, I mean, space is about to pop. So I'm going to buy this, you know, 30 call that expires on the first. It's only four bucks. And then you look at the uh, theta and that's two bucks. So if space just sits sideways, you just lost 50% of this option uh, premium in one day. So, you know, knowing the basics of, you know, how the Greeks work, then, you know, it's just kind of you have to know it because you could go out and, like I say, a lot of newer traders, and I did it when I first started trading options, look at it. And I'm like, uh, man, this is only six bucks. It's worth a gamble. And then you don't know that, you know, if nothing happens, you just lost 50% of that. And, you know, if space just trades sideways. So that's why, you know, me and you both primarily are sellers of options. And if I'm a buyer, I'm doing it in low implied volatility and I'm going deep in the money. So I'm not, you know, spending or using so much capital towards this implied volatility move. Yeah, totally. Like, I'm also looking at um, just a chart that kind of shows or like a graph of the theta decay and it kind of the chart I'm looking at right now kind of shows you uh, 90 days out until expiration all the way up to zero or at the expiration date. And you kind of see that the further out you are from uh, expiration, the theta decay is a lot less. And then the closer you move in, once you hit 60 days, you know, that that graph or that curve really starts to peel off. And then, geez, when you hit 30 days, um, you know, it's like really an exponential uh, decrease towards the zero line. So that's why, like for me, I like to do 60 to 30 days to expiration because there's a pretty good chunk between the 60 and 30 day mark. Um, but once you hit 30 days and in, like that's when the uh, theta decay just really picks up steam because 
you know, if it's an out of the money option, there's less and less time for that thing to get tested or to go in the money. So for me, I like to kind of stay in between that 60 to 30 day range. Um, but, you know, if you really want to see a lot of theta decay, I mean, going 30 days and into expiration, like if you're trading weeklies and you're selling weeklies, I mean, you're going to be making money fast if, you know, you're correct in your position, whether it's like neutral or you're bullish or you're bearish on the stock. Um, you know, if you're doing things like weeklies, that's where you're going to see the greatest theta decay, like that option that's out of the money or even at the money or just out of the money is going to be losing value like crazy uh, heading towards expiration day. Yep. Uh, I can't think of anything else to go over on theta. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. Just, you know, understanding you know, when theta can really hurt you if you're like long options or, you know, how it can really help you if you're short options, you know, it's definitely good to know. And I did it before too, when I was like kind of new to options trading, I sometimes sold stuff far out to expiration and I would look at my position, you know, day by day or week by week, and it wasn't losing much value. I wasn't seeing a lot of profit there because I didn't really understand the Greeks or anything yet. I didn't really understand theta and kind of how it worked and where I could be at, you know, as a seller of options. So like kind of after, you know, I understood a little more about the Greeks and theta, I was like, okay, you know, that totally makes sense as to why I will short these options and, you know, I wasn't really seeing any profit because I'm pretty sure when I sold those, it was like six months to expiration or a year to expiration. So, you know, you're not going to see a lot of theta decay that far out. Um, so yeah, once I understood that, you know, I kind of was like, okay, I want to go in closer. I want to go like 60 days to expiration or less if I really want to, you know, start to see those profits. Yeah. I think that's one thing that kind of tripped me out when I first started uh, trading options too was it, like I would buy an out of the money call or something and you know the price would go up but somehow I wasn't making money and like you said it's you know you got to understand the Greeks and how they uh, sorry uh, how they affect the pricing of the options because it's you know you could lose a lot of money and get pissed that you know like I say you're looking at uh, something going up, you buy a call and somehow you're not making money and you're wondering why. Well, it's the implied volatility, the theta, you know, you got to know what everything's going to do uh, to your options contracts. Yeah, and that's a good point too. We're definitely going to cover some of the other Greeks since we've only really talked about Delta and theta in the last couple of episodes. Yeah, we definitely want to hit those other Greeks, and that's another one too. You know, in a future episode, we can talk about implied volatility and how that affects the options pricing. Yep. All right, man. Did you have anything you were looking at uh, going into next week? Um. Yeah. Let me see here, because my I think those last few trades that I put on uh, were on EWZ, FXI, and GDX. So let me see. So I'm still building out those November positions. Um, IWM, it looks like I've just got October's on for that one right now. Um, and I might want to play the put side on that. Well, 
yeah, maybe the put side on them just because the market did dump a little bit, but it is kind of rallying now. So IWM is one of them. Uh, Jets, I don't have a uh, November position on Jets yet. So that'll probably be another one. And then also KRE, I think that's the regional banking ETF. I don't have any position there for November and uh, the queues. I haven't put anything on for the queues for uh, November yet. And I don't know how I'm going to play that one, man. I've got the iron condor on them right now for October. That's looking pretty good, but now the markets are, you know, rebounding and starting to rally. So I got to figure out, am I going to stay on the put side on that or, you know, go to the call side, but I'll probably stay on the put side just because um, I see, you know, NASDAQ going up and probably setting a new high pretty soon. Yeah, of course they are. God, I can't <laughs> stand the cues. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I need to learn to stop playing the call side on the cues, man, because I feel like it burns me like almost every time. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, it's trippy is last week. I, uh, I've been looking at, you know, trying to see where the sell-off was going to stop. So I'm looking at the dailies and I'm like, God, I can't, where the hell is this thing going to stop dropping? So mm -hmm. I threw, I went to the weeklies and I threw up the Fibonacci on it and uh, it didn't do it on the Dow because Dow just sold off even harder than I thought it would. Um, mm -hmm. But if you throw the fibs on the weekly on uh the cues and spy both of them exactly came down to that golden ratio the 61.8 and then that was the bottom they kind of traded sideways for a few days and then boom started making their move higher so this might be the end of it i think they're going to come back down a little bit i don't think we're going to sell off to that uh like on the cues i don't think it's selling off to into the like 363 level again mm -hmm. but i do think it's going to you know come down a little bit i think that was kind of a little bit too fast of a move for spy in the queues yeah it was a pretty hard rally after that gap down and fat sell-off i'm looking at it here too on the daily and yeah they got down around that 360 level before the buyers kind of stepped in and yeah it's been some pretty nice candles since then and it's like on the daily it's right at or just below the 21 so it hasn't quite made it above the 21 yet um but yeah, if it can or whenever it does make it above the 21 again, it's like, oh, here comes another all-time high. Yeah, <laughs> yep. All right, um, let me pull up my charts. Uh, there's one I called out on a video. Uh, I don't remember when I put it on the, the YouTube channel, but Open uh, or Open Door Technologies, ticker symbol is O-P-E-N. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think they were going to make it above the 20 on this trip, but they ended up uh, blasting through this kind of uh, resistance level they had before, made it above $20 and closed just above it at 2035. So I think it's going to be smooth sailing to uh, 22 from here on out. I don't think they're going to come back down below that $20 level. So I'll probably be selling like at the money uh, puts on these guys. Yeah, I mean, geez, looking at the daily chart here, and it's like eight, nine green candles in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's why I thought they were going to, they'd come test 20 and then, you know, fall down a bit before they made a rally through it, but they just 
blasted through it. Yeah, they're geez, they're looking pretty good. They came way down, I guess, in May during that nasty sell-off down to about thirteen fifty. And then they made a nice little run up, came back down, wanted to test around that 1350 like several times. Geez, they've hit that level like four, maybe four times. And then, yeah, since August 19th, geez, it's been a uptrend for sure. They're cooking. Yep. And there was one more, and that's uh, Kohl's, which is KSS. Um, made it above the 21. Still got, uh, well, not bearishly stacked EMAs, but they're not uh, positively stacked. But we see the momentum on the TTM histogram starting to trick up. Uh, MACD crossed over. And, yeah, I just I think they're going to start making a move back to that, like, $60 level right now. Jeez, I've not looked at them in so long. And I just remembered, and I went back to the weekly chart. They were at like 10 bucks during the corona crash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 55. It's like, oh, what a deal, man. What a deal. But I think a lot of people, too, were freaking out, just thinking, well, these companies are going bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I still remember telling my buddies that like weren't into trading very much but you know during the crash everyone was just you know sitting on their hands boring crap and he was like dude what's what's a good uh stock to buy and i said anything you don't think is going to go bankrupt buy it <laughs> like it's they're all on sale right now yeah i didn't re- i just pulled up uh david busters to play i didn't realize they hit four bucks I'm, i remember they went low but geez four bucks and now they're at like almost 42 yeah, well, AMC was trading it under two bucks at one point. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> wow. What a time to be alive. Yeah, that's the deals and deals for sure. Yeah, AMC, I remember you were mentioning in one of your recent videos or posts on the YouTube channel about the bearish engulf on the weekly. And yeah, the next candle ain't looking too great either. They're still above the 21 on the weekly, but not by much. Yeah, they're one because I'm still long shares. I don't remember if I talked about it on my on the podcast last time or one of my videos, but I stupidly I had my stops in and I didn't have them uh, good till cancel. So they canceled the next morning and uh, AMC just started selling through it. So uh they're another one that I did. I went to the weekly chart and threw the fibs on it, and they played absolutely perfectly off of that 61.8 level. And now they're just trading in between the 50% level and that 61.8. So, uh, you know, I was a little worried thinking I was, good, you know, going to start losing more money. But right now, until they can, you know, cross below that and finish, I, I'm going to hold on to it. Yeah, I mean, they came down... Uh... I guess early mid August and tested that level and rallied off of it pretty hard. So yeah, maybe it's just uh, some profit taking and maybe it's going to pump again. Yep, hope so. Hopefully we can get these uh, apes to start buying. Although I think they pretty much went through all their allowance money. I don't see much uh, much buying going on. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see because yeah, if it falls below that twenty one, yikes. Yeah. And uh, that's all I was looking at for next week. 
cool, man. All right. I guess I'll catch you later, man. All right. Sounds good. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos. You can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to WSTrades.com. Thanks again.